Welcome to All Along the Wasatch, a public affairs program produced by Bonneville Salt Lake City. If you would like to submit a request to be on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. Now, here's the host of All Along the Wasatch, Mike Parsons. My guest today is Adam Sklute. He is Artistic Director at Ballet West. Adam, thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. So BalletWest.org is the website, and we're going to talk about an upcoming Halloween kind of ballet, Dracula, that's coming to the Capitol Theater. But first, I want to just talk a little bit about Ballet West and its history. It's one of the premier ballets in the country. Can you just give us a quick snapshot of the history of Ballet West? Well, it's really a remarkable history. Our founder, Willem Christensen, was born and raised in Brigham City, Utah. And uh, he then went on to study dance here in Utah and then into uh, New York, where he studied with some of the greatest teachers of all time. And then he and his brothers and their wives toured through America on the vaudeville circuit. Hmm. He made it back to San Francisco, where he started the very first full ballet company in America, and that was the San Francisco Ballet, where he created the first Nutcracker, Swan Lake, and Coppelia there. He then moved back to Utah, where he founded the first fully accredited ballet department of any university in the world, and that was at the University of Utah. Wow. He started a dance group out of the, out of the ballet department at the University of Utah, and that grew and became, in 1963, Ballet West. So we are now celebrating our 60th anniversary, and uh, um, he, it was an amazing uh, trajectory uh, that, that uh, Willem Christensen created this company, built this company, and he is really called the godfather of American dance, as he was such a pioneer in ballet in America. And it all started in the unlikely town of Brigham City, Utah. What about that? <laughs> yeah, the hub of ballet worldwide, Brigham City, Utah. Hey, hey. Uh, now, tell us a little bit about yourself. During that 60 years, Ballet West has had five artistic directors, and you've been the artistic director now for the last 16 years. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be in that position. Yeah, so my history is uh, very interesting. I actually did not start uh, dancing classical ballet until I was almost 17 years old. I had done theater and all these other things uh, um, as a, a kid, and I had a girlfriend in high school who said, you should start taking classical ballet. Well, I did, and I fell absolutely in love with the art form mm -hmm. and decided then and there that I was going to become a professional dancer. So with about six months study at the age of 17 and a half, I told my parents I was going to become a professional ballet dancer. And they told me, no, you're not. <laughs> uh, not that they had a problem with ballet. They were happy to it. They had taken me to see it plenty of times and all this. They just didn't think it was a reasonable expectation of mine. But that was all I needed to hear. And so I took my own money and moved to New York and uh, won a number of different scholarships to different ballet schools. And uh, uh Within two years, I was a professional dancer with the Joffrey Ballet wow. in New York City, and I was one of the very last two dancers that Robert Joffrey hired for mm. his company before he passed away. Uh, when the Joffrey Ballet moved from New York to Chicago in 1995, I stopped dancing as they had asked me to take on more leadership roles. So I started running rehearsals and organizing casting and the, all of these kind of things. And um, then in 2007, I received a quick little email that said, would you consider putting your name in for the position of artistic director of Ballet West in Salt Lake City, mm -hmm. Utah? 
Well, Ballet West had had such a wonderful reputation, and I was honored by this. So I thought, well, I've always been at the Joffrey Ballet as a professional. It had been 23 years I'd been at the Joffrey Ballet. That um, I thought, well, I should at least see what my market value is. And I knew of Ballet West's reputation, so I was honored. I came to Salt Lake City. It was the first time I'd ever been to Salt Lake City. Before that, I had only been through the airport. And I fell in love with Salt Lake City. I fell in love with Utah, and I fell in love with Ballet West. And I left thinking this interview process, thinking, I hope that they take me as the artistic director. And sure enough, one week later, they made me the offer. I moved here in 2007, and it has been a magical ride ever since, and I've not regretted it. And every year, I find more and more to do and more and more that I can be building here at Ballet West. What an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that with us. So sure. the reason we have you here today primarily, in addition to just talking about Ballet West in general, is talking about your production of Dracula that's coming up. Yeah. Ballet West presenting the return of Ben Stevenson's Dracula October 20th through the 28th. And tickets start at just $29. You can get those at BalletWest.org. And it's just eight performances. And I just uh, before we started talking, I went through and looked at tickets, and it looks like things are getting pretty full already. Was there... A possibility you'd add more dates if everything sells out? There is a possibility, but not a big one because we go right into other repertoire right after that. So mm. we might be able to add one show, but not much more than that. You know, this has become one of our most popular productions. I first presented it here at Ballet West in 2013. Mm. Ten years later, and it became our most uh, requested ballet. When are you going to bring back Dracula? When are you going to bring back Dracula? And so finally in 2021, actually, is when I brought it back. And um, uh, it sold out all its performances. So we knew that we should uh, bring it back soon. And that's why we're doing it again so soon after the last production. It's almost become like our nutcracker for Halloween season. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, it's really, really a fun, fun work. And there's a reason for its popularity. So tell us a little bit about the background and history of this specific ballet. Is, is Is it static or does it change each time you perform it? Well, so this production by Ben Stevenson has basically was created in the mid-1990s, and it was created for both the Boston Ballet and the Houston Ballet. And um, it has then since been done by a couple of other companies, Pittsburgh and uh, one or two others uh, around the country. So this is the version that we have done uh, every time, similar to the way that we do Nutcracker. There might be a slight tweak here and there, but we don't make those changes. It's the uh, people who run Ben Stevenson's Hmm. uh, state that might. Um, but really, it is that same spectacular production that's filled with pyrotechnics, flying dancers, great um, theatrical uh, effects, and just also fantastic classical dancing. Yeah, you, when you think ballet, you don't instantly think pyrotechnics and flying vampires, but this one has both. <laughs> it also has a ghostly carriage that goes on and off the stage. Is the audience in danger? Uh, the audience is never, ever <laughs> right. in danger. But it is one of my most favorite effects is that carriage that goes just careening across the stage. It's really cool. So without giving away too much and without, you know, spoilers, what what is basically the plot of the ballet? Yeah, so it's interesting because, you know, the original Bram Stoker story of Dracula is very dark and psychological. And so the choreographer, Ben Stevenson, when he wanted to reproduce it for the ballet stage, 
he wanted to sort of streamline and simplify the story for a ballet audience that would create sort of stock classical ballet uh, characters. So, of course, we have the grand villain of uh, Dracula and his henchman Renfield. We have the happy peasants who he you know, steals young women away from the, uh, from the village. Uh, so we have one young woman, Flora, is the first woman to get bitten by Dracula, and then she comes back to the village and is a, is a vampire. We have the young hero, Frederick, and uh, his fiancée, Svetlana, and Svetlana is being abducted by Renfield for Dracula also, and of course then a huge battle and an adventure ensues when Frederick goes to mm. save Svetlana. <laughs> What's Really cool, though, in terms of the storytelling, and as I said, it sort of was streamlined for the classical ballet stage, is that it very much mirrors a lot of the great classic ballets. So if you think of Swan Lake and you think of a whole corps de ballet of beautiful women in white tutus mm -hmm. that fill the stage, or the ballet Giselle, where you think of all these women in long white dresses called uh, uh, tutu, uh, called willies, the dancers uh, called willies. This same structure is uh, uh, appears in Stevenson's Dracula, but here it's Dracula's vampire brides, and instead of beautiful tutus, they're in long, creepy, cobwebby kind of dresses. <laughs> as um, and it's a whole corps de ballet of uh, these creepy vampire brides. And again, then you have the happy peasant dances and big classic dancing. So it's a great combination of exciting, sort of current style storytelling that's both funny and dramatic and a little bit scary, but also very classic and really good dancing for those people who come to, for the ballet part of it as well. Now, I did notice on the website there is a minimum age suggestion of eight years old. Uh, kids younger than that probably might get a little afraid or a little uncomfortable. So uh, eight years old and up is the recommendation. And you also have, <clears throat> I think, always a rule where no babes in arms, everybody needs a ticket, correct? Correct. We, we have those rules. But I will say, uh, as far as a parent's decision to bring their child to Dra uh, Dracula, our production of Dracula, I liken our production of Dracula to being on a ride to the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. Yeah, okay. it's a little bit scary, but not too scary. Right. So if parents think that their child is old enough to go on the ride at the Hobbit Mansion at <laughs> Disneyland, then probably they're old enough to come and see our production of Dracula. That's a perfect screener. Tickets are indeed going fast, and they start at just $29. So it's a really inexpensive way to take the entire family to a, what is a thrilling production. The show runs just around two hours, so it's like going to the movies. And um, we do urge people to get their tickets fast because we sold out the last run very quickly. Yeah. And we would, you know, love people to be able to have the opportunity to see it again. Don't dilly-dally. Go to BelletWest.org and get those tickets while they're still there. One thing that I don't know if a lot of people know is that uh, Ballet West is actually a nonprofit. Why, why is that important and why, why was that decision made? Well, so most performing arts organizations are nonprofit. Our right. responsibility is to act as the cultural ambassadors to our state of Utah, to Salt Lake City. We are here to give art to our community, to the world even when we go and tour. We do not earn money 
to make a profit. We earn money so we can continue to produce great art for all of you. And that is how we are also able to get wonderful grants from our state, from uh, the, you know, uh, the various communities and the wonderful families and foundations that um, help us keep going. But our raison d'etre is not to make money. It is to bring great art. So we pay our artists, we pay our staff, we pay our um, musicians and, and, and try and put on the most sumptuous and spectacular productions we can, but that is the only reason we make money, so that we can continue to present the art, not so that we can make a profit. I didn't know until a few months ago when I had an opportunity to interview Evelyn Cisneros uh, Legate, who was a wonderful interview and just a really fascinating woman, that you actually have a school. It's the Frederick Quinney Lawson Ballet West Academy, and there's actually four locations. Talk a little bit about the, the Academy School, if you can. Yeah, so the Academy School, we have nearly a 1,000 students at all, all of our four locations. Our main hub school is right down here, connected to the company, uh, right in downtown Salt Lake City. We have a uh, small satellite uh, over at Trolley Corners in Salt Lake City, and then we have two satellite schools, one down in Utah Valley in Pleasant Grove and one up in Park City. And uh, we really are there, again, to build and train dancers from around the entire state and the community. It can be if you are on a professional track, we have our professional training division, which is there to develop professional dancers, first and foremost for Ballet West. In fact, at least 50% of the company are products of our school now, and that number is growing as we produce more and more talented students. But we also work hard if those students cannot get into Ballet West to place them in school companies around the world. And we have a great success rate. In fact, pre-COVID, we had three years of 100% professional placement for our graduating That's students. Amazing. So it's a really great school to go to. We have just purchased uh, a building creating student housing, with, uh, which is chaperone student housing for um, uh, our kids, which makes it easier. We have relationships with uh, two of the local high schools so that uh, um, kids can get out of school to continue their uh, dance training with, uh, throughout the day. And uh, we have a wonderful summer intensive that welcomes uh, students from around the world. We also train in uh, modern dance and in uh, flamenco and in theater dance and um, all of this to help train our performers for the future. So we have a great commitment to that. You know, the further I dig into the website and all of the different things you're involved with, Ballet West seems, you know, when you, when you, I grew up here and so I've known about Ballet West my whole life. Oh yeah, that's our ballet company here. But it's kind of a behemoth with all of the things that you've got going on. Uh, ballet West has one of the world's largest ballet-based education and outreach programs. You reach over 100,000 kids and Correct. adults throughout Utah every single year. Tell us a little bit more about that. So these programs, under the direction of former Ballet West dancer Peter Christie, who is uh, he and his team head all of these programs, are a multiple uh, multitude of different types of programs designed to reach as many people in our community and in the Intermountain region as possible. One program is called Ballet West for Children, where our top-level students at our second company, our junior professionals, uh, go out into the schools 
uh, and present uh, lecture demonstrations explaining what classical ballet is all about. We have a wonderful uh, program called I Can Do, which stands for inspiring children about not dropping out. Mm. And the team goes into those schools and teaches middle school students to work as a team, to create choreography. And in sneakers and T-shirts and jeans, they work out all kinds of fascinating patterns and dance moves and groups, and then they present it to one another. And it really gives them a feeling of strength and self-worth. We have our Movement Mentor Program, which is designed for our oldest students to mentor younger students with physical challenges and physical um, limitations. And they learn how to dance with those challenges and those limitations. It's a wonderful and inspiring program that really uh, has not only given opportunities to uh, children uh, with physical uh, challenges, but also has really taught our older students how to work with kids of all of, of all types. We have our Senior Steps program, where we go into senior living uh, uh, facilities and teach classical ballet in groups to really get people moving. We even have programs that go in to serve the incarcerated and give them a greater sense of self-worth and movement uh, through the art form of ballet. We bus in uh, lower income and special needs students from around the Intermountain region to come and see dress rehearsals and special performances of all of our productions. And these are most, if not all, of these programs. But yes, if we certainly have, I think, perhaps one of the biggest education and outreach programs in the world. And as you said, we serve over 100,000 right. students and adults throughout the Intermountain region. I mean, it's really more than just, oh, yes, that's our local ballet company. It's really you're intertwined with the community on so many different levels in so many different ways, and that's fantastic. I know that uh, primarily uh, Ballet West performs at the Janet Quinney Lawson Capitol Theater, that beautiful theater downtown, but you also uh, take the show on the road. Uh, I saw on your website there are some dates scheduled uh, in 2024. What, what kind of travel does the company do? Well, so we travel around the country and, in, and even internationally. Um, this year alone, we just actually last week came back from Chicago, where we were performing in a wonderful joint celebration alongside uh, com- uh, some of the biggest companies in America, American Ballet Theater, the San Francisco Ballet, and the Joffrey Ballet out of Chicago. And all of us teamed up to uh, present this wonderful celebration of two shows uh, at the Auditorium Theater in Chicago to two nights of 4,000-seat theaters. So it was really uh, an amazing event there. In uh, dis- uh, sorry, uh, late November, we are going back to uh, Washington, D.C.'s Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. This is our fourth invitation back with Willem Christensen's The Nutcracker. Mm-hmm. And once again, we have sold out the Kennedy Center four times in the past. So I, they, I love that they invite us and they have said that they love having us back. We use their local children there, and our company goes and dances with them. And then we'll be going back to the Kennedy Center later in June to be part of a new choreographic festival where we're bringing two brand-new works uh, as part of uh, that choreographic festival in June at the Kennedy Center. But we really do. We are here to be the state of Utah's cultural ambassadors, and we work hard with that commitment to represent our state and our community as best as we can around the world. Now, I know our assignment today was to primarily talk about Dracula, but I want to kind of talk about what's coming next, if that's okay. Uh, We've we've got a production called Firebird, which is uh, early in November. Uh, Just just a couple of uh, weeks there, not even full two weeks. What, What is Firebird all about? 
Yeah, so Firebird is a triple bill of three works that celebrate. Because it's our 60th anniversary, I wanted to put together a program that honored our founder, Willem Christensen. The Firebird is a great story about uh, a bird that saves a prince from a a bunch of monsters and in turn then helps him find his true love. Uh, It was choreographed by our uh, uh, founder, Willem Christensen, Mm. his own choreography that he created in the late 1960s, and uh, so reviving this is a tribute to him. We're pairing it with a brand new work called Fever Dream by former uh, Ballet West demi-soloist Joshua Whitehead, and he has composed the score as well as choreographed it. It's a fascinating realm into the world of dreams. Mm. And then finally, uh, George Balanchine's Stars and Stripes, which is just so much fun. It is classical ballet danced to the marches of John Philip Sousa, and it's just a wonderful way to close down the program. So um, that that one is really a celebration and an honor of our founder, and it will be five shows only Mm. directly following Dracula. I, I don't picture John Philip Sousa being typical music for ballet, but I, I love that music, so that must be that must be a really cool combination. It is wonderful, exciting, and funny also in, a, <laughs> in the best sense, you know, because it's comical, you know, to hear that. And it becomes whimsical, and the, the dancers have a great time with it. And then, of course, probably your biggest production of the year, The Nutcracker, wrapping up the year December 8th through the 27th. Now, on the website, I see it's America's first and longest-running Nutcracker. So The Nutcracker was performed by Ballet West before anywhere else in the country? So the Nutcracker actually premiered, um, I think, early on when I was telling the story uh, uh, pretty quickly, so I don't mind saying it again. Uh, Willem Christensen founded the first full ballet company in America that was the San Francisco Ballet. He founded it in the mid-1930s, and in 1944, he created the first full-length version Uh of the Nutcracker in America. Prior to that, they might have done something called the Nutcracker Suite, you know, just a few little uh, sections from it, Mm -hmm. but this was the first full story version of it done in 1944. When he moved back to Utah uh, in the mid-1950s, he put it on here, and so it was actually here as part of the Utah Civic Ballet, which turned into Ballet West in 63. So it's had a solid unbroken run since the uh, 1950s all the way through now. So yes, the first full-length version in America, and to date, probably the longest running in America or possibly the world. Wow, that is amazing. And that (laughs) that show pretty much takes care of itself as far as selling tickets, I would imagine. It's very, very popular. (laughs) It Uh, is very, very popular, and we love doing it. And when can people get those tickets? They should be able to start getting tickets very soon online as well. So look for the the posts online. Yeah. I also saw on your website you have a a gala called the Nutcracker Magic at the Grand America. Can you tell us about that event? Yeah, it's a wonderful event for families just to take their uh, kids to a sort of formal and fun event to celebrate the holidays. And there will be uh, some dance selections and all kinds of fun things and games for kids to be doing uh, at the Grand America. And that raises money for Ballet West Children's Enchantment Fund. I imagine that funds some of the stuff you've already told us about. Absolutely, through the Academy. It helps us ensure uh, scholarships for uh, uh, financial needs students and uh, uh, really to make sure that we can continue to uh, serve our community by helping our students grow and give the most opportunities possible to the children. Now, like every nonprofit, um, you're always willing to accept help, and a lot of that help is required to, to keep the nonprofit running. What are some of the ways that people can support Ballet West? I mean, obviously attending events and making financial donations, but what other ways can people support the ballet? 
Well, I think being uh, advocacy is always the greatest thing. I often say that I think we may be one of the best kept secrets in Utah. And um, so, yes, absolutely. Coming to see our performances, telling your friends about it, because, you know, we are all here to serve you and we live and die on uh, the, the kindness and the generosity and the support of our patrons and our donors and um, and all of the wonderful community that help us. So there are ways to donate. You can go to our BalletWest.org site and press donate. Um, you can underwrite dancers through at a certain level of donation. Uh, you can actually uh, be a sponsor for a different dancer, either in the company or the second company. You can underwrite scholarships for students to help either local students with financial need or international students come here to Salt Lake City and to study at Ballet West. Um, you can um, help to underwrite uh, those different performances that we do out in the schools or the different programs that we do to help our inner city children and um, uh, just people of, um, of all walks of life throughout Utah. So there are just a lot of ways you can support us, and we're just always grateful for any support we can get. So you've been the artistic director there at Ballet West for 16 years. What are your goals? What do you hope Ballet West looks like in another 16 years? In another 16 years, I would like us to have a more regular international presence. Hmm. We have a great deal of interest from around the world based on all the work that we've done and based on uh, the quality of what we've produced. And I would like us to be able to go because touring is no longer uh, no longer pays for itself in that way. So if we can develop a fund to be able to go more like some of the biggest companies in America do, they underwrite their own uh, touring, that would be great. So not only would we be able to represent uh, Salt Lake City and Utah simply just in uh, the States, but around the world. I would love to see that. I would love our school to become one of the top destination schools in America, and we are already going at that level. We are already considered there. So many students are coming, but I think that sky's the limit for what we can do so that we can give the best ballet training to students and really keep on building and growing so that we are helping Salt Lake City and Utah be a city of the world, a state recognized mm-hmm. around the world as a cultural hub for the arts. We don't want the secret to get out too quick because then people move no. here. <laughs> well, yeah, but just enough. <laughs> just just enough. enough so that people visit here also. Yes, that's fantastic. You know, go skiing during the day and then see the ballet in the <laughs> evening. Go hiking during the day and see the ballet in the evening. Absolutely. Spend your money and then head home. Uh, Adam Splute is the artistic director at Ballet West and Dracula it runs October 20th through the 28th at the Janet Quinney Lawson Capital Theater downtown. T- tickets start at just $29. They are going fast, so don't put it off. Go to BalletWest.org for ticket information. Adam, thank you so much for your time, and thank you for what you're doing in our community. Thank you. I appreciate it, and I, it's not hard when you love what you do. Thank you for everything you do, and we appreciate it. Thank you for listening to All Along the Wasatch with Mike Parsons. If you would like to submit a request to be a guest on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. That's mparsons at ksl.com.